You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. Hi, everybody. So I have a mini episode for you today. Today is my one-year anniversary of sobriety. And that's been a really beautiful part of me staying out of the dark side this year. doesn't mean that it hasn't been dark, that it hasn't been hard, but it's been really important. And it's definitely changed the way I approach a lot of things. I think alcohol just isn't good for me for a lot of reasons, for a lot of social reasons, for a lot of genetic reasons, a lot of family history reasons. And to have finally figured that out and let myself off the hook with that has been really powerful in my life. I was using it for a while to deal with, or to like self-medicate my anxiety, which I think a lot of people do. And if it's not a problem for you, then great, good for you. I have no problem with other people drinking, but it was a problem for me. And I didn't know what to do with it because it's such a socially acceptable thing. And it felt like it helped for a while, like it was an answer for a while to that anxiety until it wasn't, until it just made it worse. And I was numbing a lot of feelings instead of dealing with them, instead of working through them, I was ignoring them. So I wanted to let you in on a few of the resources that I've used over the past year that friends have passed on to me that have been really important to me um, in dealing with this. And you probably won't be surprised that some of them are podcasts. There's one called The Home Podcast, which they're not making anymore, but there's a huge archive. It's by Laura McCowan and Holly Whitaker. It's a great podcast. There's also one that I really love called The Unruffled Podcast that focuses on creativity and recovery, which is really great. I've also really loved reading um, recovery memoirs. Oh, sorry if I sound out of breath. That is just what being this pregnant will do to you. Um, And you know, some of these memoirs are better written than others, I will say that. But what hearing these stories did for me was to realize how I wasn't unique in this, you know? When you're dealing with addiction, it can feel really isolating and that you're the only one who can't seem to control this or can't seem to moderate. But then you read these other people's stories and you realize that, no, this is actually, this is an addictive substance and it has a very clear path with very clear signs as to how it progresses. And you think you're the only one that is being affected that way, but you're not. It's what it does to a huge amount of people, hundreds of thousands of people all over the world who just can't deal with that type of substance in their system. So that was also really helpful. Um, Let's see, what else? Yeah, and then just looking back over this year, I I just can't express enough how thankful I've been for the people in my life who were already sober, who gave me advice and listened to me and our shoulders to lean on, and it's brought me closer to a lot of those friends, even ones that have been in my life for a very long time. And you know, these these things are all related. A lot of the things that I was dealing with with alcohol and that I'm dealing with in recovery, like shame and guilt and um, 
self-doubt, you know, those are things we talk about on the podcast all the time. And people, people are dealing with those things as artists, whether they're struggling with addiction or not. There's two little quotes that I found um, from different writers that I thought spoke to this. One is by Sarah Heppala, and that one says, probably the thing that got me to quit was the feeling of inertia. I didn't think if I don't quit, I'm going to die, even though that was a real threat. But if I don't quit, I'm never going to change, which is a scary thought, but something that, you know, we all get stuck in ruts. And then the next one is by Brene Brown. Empathy is the antidote to shame. The two most powerful words when we're in struggle. Me too. And that's always been a big theme of this podcast. So thank you for letting me share this with you today. And if anyone ever wants to talk about this type of thing, if you're struggling with something, please let me know. I'm happy to lend an ear. I'm not an expert, but um, I'm figuring it out. I also wanted to read this article that I found online. It's by Kate Kennedy Spindler. It's called Busting Creative Blocks in Sobriety. I sit down. I stare at the blinking cursor. Creativity and addiction often go hand in hand. Nope, that's stupid. Delete. The creative life requires bravery. Ugh. I get up, put some change in the soda machine, pace while taking a few swigs of caffeine. I write a few more clunky sentences full of boring words in the syntax of a third grader. Every word is painfully, muddily wrenched from my sludgy brain onto the screen. Why do I keep trying to write? What is the point of all this? I have no talent. I'm a Midwestern mom of average intelligence and mediocre abilities. Who cares what I have to say about anything? Ten years ago, this would have been the perfect opportunity for me to use alcohol, drugs, or food. Creative blocks are uncomfortable, and as a person with addiction, I have zero tolerance for uncomfortable feelings. I, like many I know, became convinced somewhere along the road to happy destiny that uncomfortable feelings were intolerable and would probably kill me. I know there are many more uncomfortable feelings than writer's block, but in the moment, I can't think of one. Back home in my writing corner, I throw a pillow and flounce into a couch. I stomp around the house, cranky as hell. And because I am a bleeding pile of needy emotions, one of my best qualities, I post on Facebook, ha 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 ha, writing a blog post about creative blocks, and I can't get one word down. I hate irony sometimes. So here's your first lesson, if you needed a lesson. Tell your friends when you are stuck. My inability to sit in silence with any emotion whatsoever often surprises me in how well it serves me. Thanks to my social media emotional plea, I suddenly have a list of things to read. How to Write a Lot by Paul Sylvia, The Unsuccessful Self-Treatment of a Case of Writer's Block, from the Journal of Applied Behavior Analysis, several suggestions for breaking through blocks, write as if to a friend or an enemy, and jokes. Just take a selfie and post it. Oh hey, here I am, writing through a block. High fives, a million angels. And these suggestions were just the new to me ones. I do other things besides use alcohol, food, and drugs when confronted with a creative block. Now, I like to think I've become sort of an expert at busting through, but that's only because I desperately want to be good at something, and I like procrastinating by purchasing books on Kindle. <laughs> Still, I've learned a lot over the years. Reading the Artist's Way by Julia Cameron changed my life through her introduction of morning pages. They are hard, but worth it. Upon waking before you do anything else, okay, I get my coffee. Get your favorite pen and notebook and write three longhand pages of stream of consciousness drivel. Don't think, don't edit, it's not for publication. 
It's for cleaning out the dross at the bottom of your brain. It's tedious, but that's why it works. And yes, you must do it in the morning because you need to get it done before you can think too hard about it. Don't question the morning pages, just try them. Cameron refers to them as spiritual chiropractic, and that's pretty accurate. Pick up Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott. Read anything by Natalie Goldberg you can get your hands on. Natalie will give you writing exercises and you will suddenly be able to create again. Text your artist friends. I'm lucky, my inner circle includes at least three writers. They will assure you that you will get through this, and you probably can even do so without picking up any of your drugs of choice. When stymied creatively, your work now becomes finding the next in. You need a crowbar, or maybe just a Slim Jim, just enough to make a crack. Because here's the honest truth. When you avoid your work, and you're a person in recovery, you may be in danger of using again. That block sits there, and your mind starts layering all kinds of silly things on top of it. Time passes, and your brain convinces you that this block is now a boulder, then a mountain, then that huge black demon thing that comes out of a mountain from Disney's Fantasia. But it isn't. It's just a pause. It's just a pause. How do I know when I'm avoiding and when I really need to take a short break from writing? I don't have a definitive answer, but I do know that when I'm having a block and I still pick up a pen or open my laptop and get 300 words down a day, thanks Anne Lamott, I'm still holding the string. If I'm not writing 300 words, maybe I'm researching or taking care of my creative life in some other way. Hell, maybe I'm sitting down to color with my kids. If I am engaging my creativity instead of numbing it, I'm not avoiding. I think. I will still probably numb out at some point in the day. After all, Netflix isn't going to watch itself. I'm grateful to be sober. Of course I am. This life is a thousand times better than those dark days of sickness, lies, and self-hatred. I will admit, though, I'm annoyed that I'm not a Zen master yet. I really thought recovery would make me more impressive. I had grand visions at the start of this journey out of hell, that I'd be in high demand as, as a motivational speaker or maybe a modern creativity guru. I assumed I'd have several memoirs written by now, filled with pearls of wisdom and beautifully crafted sentences, and I'd float along with a bemused smile on my face at the folly and beauty of the world and its inhabitants. The reality is, mostly I just need to wear yoga pants more often and take a lot of naps. Sobriety didn't uncover a brilliant talent, but it did uncover a deep tenacity to keep doing my work even if it's terrible. Especially if it's terrible. And while that doesn't bring in speaking fees or my own line of scented candles, it is the gift that keeps on giving me a quiet, determined satisfaction that was never available when I was drunk, high, or using food. So today, I do the next right thing as often as possible, and it is good. The next right thing usually means sitting with icky feelings like inadequacy, fear, and annoyance in order to get to the good stuff. Maybe it's all good stuff? Life is difficult, sometimes thrilling, but ultimately peace-giving and satisfying. Two things I never would have had without sobriety. Kate Kennedy Spindler is a writer, actor, and storyteller living in St. Paul, Minnesota. She is an NYC Moth Story Slam winner, and you can find her wherever stories are told. Thank you for listening to the Compass Podcast. If you find these conversations valuable to your life as an artist and would like to support the ongoing production of The Compass, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash thecompasspodcast. 
Pledges start at as little as $1 a month. You'll get access to bonus content and anything you can give would be greatly appreciated. Also, if you have a moment, please rate or review in iTunes. Every little bit helps other listeners to find the podcast. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller, music by Brandon Spieth, audio assistance from Nick Choksi, and a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.